Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everyone, it's your natural dog with Angela Ardolino and he's back. I've got Jason Scott, my mycologist for MycoDog, our medicinal mushroom tinctures for pets. We ran out of time in our last podcast, so we're continuing the conversation on medicinal mushrooms for dogs. How to dose them, what they're good for, coming up next. Hey everybody, Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog, and I've got my favorite mycoalchemist here, Jason Scott, and he is the formulator and expert that helped me develop our pet tinctures for mycodog, which I created to, uh, they're tinctures that I all used on my dogs, Vitality, that is basically the combination of mushrooms. Um, you introduced me to Red Belted Conch and Artist Conch, so I can't wait to tell people, our listeners, about that. Um, but this is the combination of mushrooms that are helping my dog, Nina, with uh, her osteosarcoma, who she is two years, uh, more than two years now, out from her diagnosis, um, and she is thriving. Also, my old man, Schnauzer Odie, who is 15 years old now, I actually have the breathe and clarity for him because <laughs> he's so old. But the clarity was because I got rid of the cancer in my dogs and I lost uh, two of them, Potato and Daisy, to dementia, to CCD, canine cognitive disease, which is Alzheimer's. So knowing lion's mane and reishi's power and what it can do for these geriatric dogs. I have literally watched Odie, my 15-year-old, go from having no interest to eating, which I don't know if people know this. People who die from Alzheimer's die because they can no longer, they no longer know how to eat or drink. And that's how, what happened to my dogs. I did not know this. So I literally watch him lose interest to take his mushrooms and eat like a monster the next day. I literally can see a difference in my dog's behavior and health by giving them these mushrooms. Like even like take, I have three tinctures. So, you know, changing them up. One's not breathing, you know, sounds like he maybe has a little respiratory something. So I love it. It's like three more things that I can have in my medicine cabinet where I can treat my dogs all naturally. So it's, I love it. This is why we created them um, because I couldn't find a product that I trust and loved. And so here I am again, making one with the help of the expert like you. Jason, thank you so much. I just got done talking to you for an hour, uh, for 30 minutes, and we decided we needed another 30 (laughs) minutes so we could answer all the questions because so many pet parents believe in this, want to do it, understand the power. They've already seen what natural herbs and cannabis can do for their pets. So they love that there's this new thing that will cause no harm. It'll only help them. But they have so many questions and which mushrooms are good and what is it better to put one more than one mushroom together, which is the whole reason why I wanted to do several is because they work so well together. So thank you again for coming back. Yeah. Thank you again for having me, Angela. You bet. So 
Let's start talking about the the different types of mushrooms because mm-hmm. you know what we're here what we see a lot of is you know in the hype is turkey tail and mm-hmm. reishi and lion's mane are getting a lot of attention. Yep. Let's just let's start with turkey tail because turkey tail um I think we know the most about because it's just research has come out where it, it's proving that it's got these anti-cancer properties, medicines in them. Mm-hmm. So let's start with turkey tail because, of course, it's one of my favorites. It's one of the easiest to grow along with lion's mane, except lion's mane is awesome to eat mm-hmm. also yeah. and cook with. Yeah, you're not really going to cook up turkey tail. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I like to mention, too, whenever going into a conversation about medicinal mushrooms and their uses is that mushroom, a lot of mushrooms have a lot of things in common so far as what they kind of support with. So I kind of look at mushrooms at twofold. I look at kind of like what mushrooms do in general that most mushrooms are going to do primarily because of the sort of universal primary compounds known as polysaccharides or beta-glucans. So that's generally going to be like immune support, healthy inflammation support, healthy blood sugar regulation, healthy uh, inflammation support. There's a handful of things that that all of the mushrooms kind of do generally. And it's the trickiest thing if you ever like look at literature for medicinal mushrooms and how to how to use them because you get these long laundry lists and it's like, okay, well, that doesn't really specify like how I should use this one particularly. So I always kind of start there as like, okay, there's like a baseline. And that's kind of the nice thing with the formulas too, right? And what I always tell people is like, oh, you you know, the side effect that you get is that it's going to help with other things as well. So like the clarity formula is also going to help with digestion because like the lion's mane that's in there and the reishi that's in there is bitter and things like that. So we'll talk more about formulas here in a minute, but turkey tail definitely is one of the sort of most premier mushrooms. I think the three that you mentioned, the turkey tail, the lion's mane, the reishi are pretty well known. And I think that's also for a pretty good reason. Um, They are really tried and true uh, to a large degree. I think turkey tail being one of the mushrooms that has been used in association with uh, more modern treatment and therapy for cancer for um, quite a while. And one of the subsets of compounds in there are the, the PSP or the poly, the protein-bound polysaccharides and the PSK, two sets of protein-bound polysaccharides that are helping to... Um, I look at I look at the polysaccharides and mushrooms kind of like as like building blocks to our innate immune system and I like to instead of saying that mushrooms are immune stimulating or immune depressing which is typically an action that you find in herbs either the herb is immune stimulating like something like echinacea or immunodepressant mm-hmm. mushrooms are are known as immunomodulants or what I like to refer Just to Just like it, cannabis. Exactly and what I like to refer to as um they have immune intelligence. So I kind of think of it in the way that whatever your immune system needs, those polysaccharides are kind of giving your your innate immune system the building blocks that it needs to be able to support itself, including sort of like building up the uh, arsenal of cells that it needs to defend itself in terms of like marking uh, abnormal cell growth and things like that, which is one of the primary reasons that cancer really gets out of hand. So turkey tail is really primarily known um, for that. And we found 
both through through the research that's available and also through our kind of direct practice that it has a really strong affinity for the reproductive system and a really strong affinity for the kidneys and the liver as well as the digestion um, with those those polysaccharides. Oftentimes in most mushrooms, those polysaccharides are going to be prebiotic, so just helping to um, feed healthy gut gut flora. So again, it's one of the other side effects of, of taking a formula for something like cancer or some sort of infection. Destroys your microbiome in your gut. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is going to not only help. So I remember, so I have an autoimmune disease. Sometimes I'm not sure I still have it, but mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is how I found cannabis in the first place. And adding medicinal mushrooms into what I do, I mean, the things that are different, you know, where my flare ups, I've had one, I think, this year. And it's been one of the stressful, craziest years of my life. And I've had one flare up and I know it's the mushrooms. I know it's the combination of the cannabis and mushrooms Mm -hmm. are doing its work. And what's funny is that I remember, I know people are like, oh, well, you can't, you, what an autoimmune disease is my immune system overreacting. Right. So people are like, well, you can't take mushrooms or cannabis. That's going to stimulate your immune system. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's going to help calm that down. Yeah. So it's people don't understand it that there is a difference between that some herbs are going to stimulate mm-hmm. and some aren't, and that's not what mushrooms and cannabis do. They actually bring. What does it need to happen? They also belong to a group of plants and fungi called adaptogens, where they literally get inside your body and adapt to what your body needs. And when you put them together, they work even more synergistically. Not to interrupt you, nope. and they do. They are. They've made a cancer drug both in cannabis and in from mycelium of mushrooms that are just isolates where just mm-hmm. one compound is taken out and used in conjunction with chemotherapy or radiation. Well, guess what, folks? If you were to use all of the mushroom and all of the cannabis, you won't need the radiation or chemotherapy in the first place. Yeah. Especially for your pet. I'm speaking for my pet. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And and yeah, I think that was one of the first things that I learned about turkey tail too, is those protein-bound polysaccharides, they make a drug from it. I think it's the Crestin or it's named after um, the person mm-hmm. who helped to discover it. But they actually, the government actually pays for people to take that polysaccharide in conjunction with their chemotherapy or radiation. Wow. Well, I know that um, I'm trying to remember the, the THC one that they what the name of it is now. I, I mean, I used to know the name of all of them, that they do the same. It's kind of the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these are these are things you guys can do on your own and um, and prevent and treat yourself for, for these nasty, nasty things, especially cancer. All right, so turkey tail, great. But again, we've got to extract those compounds and the way it's extracted is important and then how it's preserved and then served up to you, which remember the... One of the things that I came to you about was I was like, okay, you're my guy. Now I want you to tell me what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I showed you what everyone else is doing, what their claims were, and Mm -hmm. you would just scratch your head and go, how, what? So (laughs) what people don't understand is that nobody's standardizing. There's no testing labs. This is a problem in the cannabis industry, too. They're literally giving out grants for people to open up testing labs so that they can literally test the products to prove to us that they are pure and that they really are what they are. Yeah. What they claim to be is in that bottle. Yeah. 
that doesn't really exist. And if it does, what are we testing for? What are the standards? So hopefully this might be something that comes up later, but who knows? Yeah. So we have to be educated on it. Yeah. So what when I showed you what the others were doing, did you were you just like, what? Well, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of constantly perplexed at, at what others are doing. I think I saw recently a company that is claiming to make um, wholesale mushroom extracts at a 10 to 1 ratio. And for anybody out there who doesn't understand, 10 to 1 would be 10 grams of mushroom per one milliliter of menstruum or, or extract. And the method that we use to make it is like that would be like a paste. That would be a thick paste. You would not be able to get it into a tincture bottle. And even if you did, you wouldn't be able to draw it up into the dropper. So there's a, there's definitely a large gap between the understanding. And it's like, is that is that a 10 to 1 wet mushrooms or a 10 to 1 dried mushrooms? Because mushrooms dry to like 10% right. of their weight. So for the layman... Picture that grams are the actual, we have harvested the fruiting bodies and we're weighing those, the raw material in grams. And you're basically saying this many grams equals this much in a tincture or in milligrams when you extract everything, correct? Yeah. So when they say 10 to 1, it doesn't compute. And I'm going to assume... Um, I know who you're talking about. And what they do that's different is that they take the extraction and then they freeze dry it. So are they calling it a 10 to 1 in the finished freeze dried part? So then someone takes that and then they put that into a tincture, which they would not be able to do because it would be paste. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, it's it's hard to say because there's just so many people out there doing it. And as you we were saying, it's like there's not really a standardization around even like the language. And just kind of going back to what we were mm-hmm. mentioning, like with your RA is rheumatoid arthritis for those out there that might not know. But it's like if you were to take a myceliated grain product, it's like that grain is likely going to to agitate the and inflame the arthritic condition even more, right? So it's like you yep. don't you don't want that to happen. And we've had that a number of times where we've had people come to us and be and like, I don't I don't yeah. want sugar either for someone right. who has cancer. Right. And we've had people come to us and be like, I can't take mushrooms because I'm uh, they just don't settle well and my stomach gets I'm like, okay. But then they end up buying a bunch of mushrooms from us and then they're like, oh these worked. And it's like my biggest theory on that is like, well, there's no rice in there. There's no oats in there. So there's nothing in there that for somebody who's potentially sensitive to those things, it's going to aggravate that. Right. But yeah, sta- I mean, standardization around the language and and what's being produced is is really tricky because I think that there are companies that are a- actually doing like eight to one, ten to one extracts, right, from products. I've also seen ones that are claiming that they're doing like a hundred to one extract, which is, again is like, you know, it's like I feel like at a certain level, you know, you can just do do a more effective extract and get more of those bioavailable compounds because it doesn't really matter. Like if you put, you know, 100 grams of mushrooms into uh, into some sort of like liquid extract, if you're not getting an effective extract, it doesn't really matter how how many grams and you can say whatever you want. Got it. Kind of the same thing with cannabis. Yeah, yeah. it's going to sound good, but uh, like you know, it's like proof is in the pudding, as they say. Where I've looked at like our extracts side to side to others who compare, say that they're making a stronger extract, and it's like, well, which one tastes stronger? It's like you can see and you can tell the difference 
in that. And then like tincture versus, or in our case, I still call our stuff tinctures, yeah, even tinctures. though they're not an alcohol. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure because some people, some of my homeopaths are not happy that I call them tinctures in my 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 full spectrum cannabis <laughs> tinctures. They don't like them because they don't have alcohol in them and they're in oil. I'm like, look, this is a new thing. You guys weren't even doing this. So we're going to make that exception. I'm still going to call them that. <laughs> Technically, what you might call it is a glycerite because we're using glycerin as the base to right. to help preserve it um, instead of alcohol, which is more safe for the dogs to um, take. But that's the thing too is a lot of uh, some companies I've seen out there are actually extracting with the glycerin, which the glycerin just isn't really an effective extraction menstruum for the mushrooms. Right, I saw that, and um, I saw something else. Uh, I didn't even know what it is. Methanol or metha something? Yeah, methanol. I mean, methanol is an effective extraction method for mushrooms, but you have to get all of that solvent out of the final extract, back out, which is the hardest part. Uh, and then you know you're always potentially left with residuals, and those are kind of some of the different types of. Um, menstruums that they use for extraction in the cannabis and the CBD industry. And they have to test at the end for kind of like what, but since the mushroom industry is so new, nobody's making sure people are testing for things like that. We use ethanol because it acts relatively similar to methanol, maybe not quite the same, but all the ethanol we're using is is potable. So we're using like a 95% organic cane alcohol. So um, we don't have to worry about if there's a little bit residual left in or if there, the alcohol in our tinctures for people. We don't have to worry about that because it's potable and people can drink it uh, without having to worry about it. Methanol is not the same. <laughs> Methanol is not, not okay for people to drink or to consume. Same with like uh, acetone. You wouldn't want to do that on a high level. Right, right. And the same thing goes with cannabis. If you're like us... Your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at cbddoghealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. I think that's why it's so easy to understand how, mu- how this works because so much it has so much in common with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the reasons that I was more interested in a tincture versus a freeze-dried powder is that I, just like my cannabis and the food I feed my dogs, I wanted to do as less the least amount of processing as possible. So that was my biggest reason. I also liked being able, I had more control over dosing or a tincture, or putting mm-hmm. it in their mouth versus their food or whatever. I just prefer it. It's my way to go. Yeah. I don't make a freeze-dried hemp product, so I didn't yeah. want to make a freeze-dried mushroom product. But what are some of the other benefits of having a tincture versus a powder because you told me some information which makes sense with anything that's freeze-dried or a powder that it oxidizes the moment that you start using it. So what else are some of the benefits of using doing it in a tincture instead of freeze-dried or a powder? 
Yeah, so preservation is a huge one. Um, so as you just mentioned, when you have something in a liquid form and it's in an airtight container like a bottle, um, it's going to be preserved for much longer. And especially when something's prepared in more like the spagyric method, it's considered to sort of age like a fine wine. So it really kind of like gets better over time, especially when it's like an alcohol-based um, tincture. But it's going to be less less prone to oxidation whereas like you mentioned a powder as soon as and that's one of the things is like we work with as fresh mushrooms as we can get and then we process them as soon as we get them they're dried but we process them as soon as we get them because if they're just sitting on a shelf for a long time and that's the hardest part is like how long have those mushrooms been sitting on a shelf um, it's pretty often generally accepted that anything that's any dried or powdered herb that's been sitting for over a year is more or less not not effective or not nearly as effective yep. and from or that, loses its potency. Yeah, Same and from thing the alchem- cannabis. Yep. yep, and from the alchemical perspective, it's kind of like lost its vital force, right? So the other benefit besides, you know, having that integrity held intact is that tinctures are oftentimes much more bioavailable as they absorb through the mucous membranes instead of like a powder similar to like a food when you ingest it it still has to be metabolized through the liver and kind of digested like a normal food before it can make it into the bloodstream whereas tinctures are oftentimes going to go right through the mucous membrane um, and that's why a lot of people suggest taking things sublingually obviously it's a little trickier with the dog, but even if you swallow a tincture, it's going to be mostly absorbed before it makes it um, down into the to the gut. Which is another reason why we took alcohol out of the pet tinctures is because I don't know if any of you have ever given a dog an alcohol tincture, but I've never seen a dog be able to get something out of their, a liquid out of their mouth faster than the, the faces they make. So it is so much easier and they actually enjoy it and it has kind of a sweet taste to it versus them running from me because that alcohol just burns you know, their, their gums or tongue or whatever and freaks them out. Yeah, glycerin is kind of naturally sweet and the dogs um, seem to really love it. Awesome. All right, so let's go back to some of these mushrooms because I know we got off tangent. Um, let's talk Let's talk about um, reishi. Yeah, so reishi, um, one of my favorite mushrooms and kind of like the center of the myco lore, if you were. The reishi is the king. One, the king is one of the longest used um, medicinal mushrooms, and in China, it was known as the ten thousand year mushroom or the mushroom of immortality. The way that I work with herbs, the way that I work with mushrooms, I try to get really specific with how how we apply them, and I don't really look as at many things as being like a panacea or something that you can generally use for most everything. But if I were to pick one, it's like reishi would be like the most generally used and most safe as well as just really effective. Um, so we have this whole like other ethereal side that we do with everything where we're processing under the planetary correspondence and things as well, uh, kind of along with the tradition of alchemy. I just did a whole podcast on that as well. But um, we associate reishi with the sun, right? Because the sun is associated with the heart and then with the venous system, but also with just vitality. So I look at reishi as like the mushroom of vitality. So it's just really, really rich in its ability to kind of build and help the natural force. And we also just have a lot of research uh, indicating that reishi can be really helpful with pretty much every system to some degree. It's like 
you look and it's like, oh, well, reishi can be hyperprotective or helping to support healthy liver. Reishi can be anti-inflammatory. Reishi can help to support healthy immune system. Reishi can help to support the nervous system. So it really is broad in its function. And while it's broad in its function, I, I use it a little bit more generally like that. I'll use it kind of specifically, but a lot of times reishi makes it into my formulas as more of like a supporting mushroom. Yeah. You know, there's certain cases, especially if there's like something heart related or some um, specific type of acute illness that will will go for reishi right away as like the lead. But more often than not, reishi is is kind of like ever present. I kind of when I formulated all the herbs or uh, all the mushrooms for our blends that we do, I looked at all the formulas afterwards and I was like, oh, Rishi, Rishi kind of snuck into almost every one of these. Yeah. Um, which, same thing, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, is is a good thing. And I think this is a kind of a good segue into talking about formulas a little bit and like why formulas are beneficial because we personally offer each mushroom as an individual tincture, but the only people who are like really working with them like that are doctors and naturopaths and people who have done research on the mushrooms and they're yeah. formulating themselves right. or they know like, right. oh, I really specifically want this one thing. So we work closely with the mushrooms to really, how, how I look at it is that we're kind of like exalting the synergies of the different mushrooms. So with the blends and like the blends that you have, it's like the name is indicating what it's sort of primarily geared for. And as I mentioned um, earlier is like you kind of get the added side effect of that it's going to help with a whole bunch of other things as well. But right. they're geared towards that because like those mushrooms have an affinity for those systems. So like in your clarity formula, the lion's mane, the reishi, and the cordyceps all have an affinity for the nervous system and for mental health and mental clarity and for focus, um, for energy that can help with those things and cutting through the brain fog. So those you know, are powerful on their own for those things. But when you put them together, it's kind of like the mushrooms are like, uh, a good analogy would be like a special, special ops team or something going in and like, they're like, all like right. Like the Ghostbusters, they yeah, all have exactly. their talents. Exactly. And- they all have their talents and they all support <laughs> each other, but then they have like one common goal that they're working towards together. Right. And they're like, they're like the special team for that. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, you kind of like, Along with that mental clarity and focus, you're also going to get healthy gut support. You're also going to get healthy immune support, healthy inflammation support as well. I love that you're saying this because I want people to imagine taking a pharmaceutical that doesn't have any harsh side effects, but instead has amazing good side effects. That doesn't exist. It's always, it'll take care of that, but... You know, you're gonna have diarrhea for three days, or whatever it yeah, is, or well, you're gonna you're gonna lose your hair, or you're gonna wreck your gut. No, imagine this is like the opposite of that. That's why you know, finding the pure source and what that pharmaceutical was derived from in nature, and going to that pure natural source and taking that instead, you're gonna get this entourage effect of all of these other wonderful things it does in your body, and which is why it sounds so unbelievable to us. It's like, well, wait a minute. We're supposed to take this for that, this for that. No, one thing. It's all about balancing that immune system and creating homeostasis in your body. Right, and you have to understand that natural products, there's a myriad of compounds that are, it's like like nature perfected 
this medicine in the wild that has this myriad of compounds in it. And when you take a full spectrum extract, you're getting all of those things. And there's probably things in there that are hitting different proteins that are sort of balancing the the other active compounds. Whereas when you look at it from a myopic perspective and from more of a pharmacological model, you're isolating. You're like, oh, that's the one thing that's working. So we'll take that out. And now it's creating all these side effects. And it's like, well, because you, you've taken it out of balance, like nothing in nature works like that. So th- not only do they isolate it, they then sen- make a synthetic it. version yeah, exactly. of it. Yep. Yeah. So it's not even forget the fact, but it does not do the same thing when it doesn't have all of those other compounds that it came with. They all have a job. And then that, what I also loved is your knowledge of the other adaptogens. So it's like, hey, how about astragalus root and ashwagandha? You're like, yeah, bring it on. I loved it. (laughs) I mean, I just knew I was in the right place and that I had found the right partner to to create these tinctures. So thank you so much for existing (laughs) and doing what you're doing. It, It may have taken some time, but now here we are. Yeah. Okay. So Reishi, beautiful. We have it in all of our tinctures. Lion's mane, we already talked about a little bit how it was amazing. Um, I think a lot of people know the benefits of shiitake and mataki. I don't know how much time I have left, but I want to talk about uh, a few of these that you introduced me to um, that people don't know about. And I know are some of your favorites, which are artist conch and red belted conch. So let's start with artist conch. What are some of the wonderful benefits of that? Yeah, maybe I'll, for sake of time, just kind of group them together a little bit and and talk about them. But artist conch was the Ganoderma aplanatum, and then um, red belted conch would be the Fomatopsis pinnacola. They're both mushrooms that grow really well in the wild. Um, the artist conch is also known as white reishi, and being in that Ganoderma genus is going to be like a cousin of the reishi mushroom and have a lot of crossover in the compounds and the support and the benefit that reishi has. But then it kind of has like its own nature as well. And then red belted conch is actually in the same genus. They just moved agaricon into, and it's really interesting because the anything in the Fomatopsis genus is the only thing that I've seen that creates this like super thick resinous extract, like to the point where if you extract it too concentrated, it's it's just solid. Wow! And it's bizarre, but the Fomatopsis genus, so agaricon, uh, red belted conch, and then there's another mushroom known as the rosy polypore, rosy conch, um, the Fomatopsis cajundari, that all do that same thing. But you know those those oleoresins are primarily what's being pulled out of there, and it's like the alcohol extract is just like sticky, and it's just so um, effective and so good, and you know. Red belted conch right next to like something like chaga is known to be one of the highest in natural antioxidants. Um, and then so really supportive for healthy inflammation. Um, we use it a lot for like wounds, especially like in the gut. So like leaky gut type things. And as a prebiotic, again, using it for healthy gut flora. Yeah, that's probably what will be next is a is a dog digestive tincture, which the reason we didn't do it is because all three of them can be used for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, because they, like you said, right. So that's why we didn't. So if someone were to say, uh, you know, hey, which combination would be great for digestion or leaky gut? Because let me tell you what, that is such a problem. Mm-hmm. And we'd be able to say one of these tinctures. So yeah. we just, the reason that we did them this way is, it's, and why I love that you did it is because 
in my stores, I have two stores that I watch people come in and try to figure out what's best. And if yeah. it's just sitting there saying turkey tail or, yep. you know, these five mixes or whatever, they don't know. But my dog is suffering from this. Will yeah. that help? So exactly. that's how we try to pair them up. And I love that you do that on the human side. Yeah. But yeah, those two, I mean, those two mushrooms are are great. And that's, we try to work with some some mushrooms that are not quite as popular in, in that regard. And, you know, they have the added benefit of being wild, which as we kind of mentioned before, has its own sort of merits to it as well. Good. Now let's talk about like how much we should give our dogs. So I know that we're already talking about doing a um, more potent version for Vitality so that, because i I'm, you know, have to do so many dropperfuls for Nina, who's a giant dog. Sure. But one of the things that I want people to understand is that there's no fear um, with dosing, that it is literally, you know, you can't really can't go wrong. We've got a water soluble product that it's, they're not, it's not going to cause them. So you don't need to worry about that. What our concern is to make sure that they get enough to, um, to make a difference, which is why it's so important to get, if you do have a mushroom tincture and it is being done the right way and you verified that, is that now we need to be concerned that it has enough mushroom extract in it to even make a difference. Yeah. And that's where the, when looking at kind of like parsing out the specific numbers gets really tricky because again, it's like you can look at all the numbers and some people say that they have higher numbers, but they don't equate to the same but what we found is, um, you know, with our extracts, because they're a little bit more, um, typically they're about 350 milligrams per milliliter, which is high relative to something like a cannabis tincture, which is typically like a thousand milligrams for a whole bottle. Right. So in, in our f- full tincture, you're hitting about t- almost 10,000 milligrams of mushrooms per bottle. And what we find with people like 350 milligrams or like one dropper full is more than enough for most people taking it in kind of like a standard fashion. So the, the way we worked with the dog formulas was to kind of like take that number just down very slightly um, because most dogs are not going to be weighing as much as a human. So it's easier to have less. And then as you're talking about looking at doing a more higher strength formula for the smaller percentage of bigger dogs that are out there that could, could take more. And this is bigger dogs with aggressive cancer is yeah. what, you know, is why I want to make sure she's getting so much of it in her. So what the, what we have on a, on the tinctures is one dropper is a great starting point. You've yep. got a dog that's sicker or older, then we're going to increase that. Yep. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great, you know, <clears throat> for, for people typically where I will be is anywhere between one to three full dropper fulls, um, where one dropper full is more than sufficient for most people. And yeah, we, we find that that's a really great starting point and, it's hard because we don't have any sort of like clinical evidence to back it, but we do have a lot of um, feedback from the people practice. who are using it and practice. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to be said about that as well. Heck yeah. It makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, there's one thing to learn about how something works. You know, when I learned how cannabis works um, and how to use it in therapeutic situations, I then was like, okay, well, let's try this. 
Yeah. And then being able to see it work and, okay, every dog is different. And just because I have a dog with the same age, with the same disease, doesn't mean they're going to get the same dose. Exactly. And this one may react this way and that type of thing. So remember that every animal, including human, is an individual. So everyone's yep. doses and sensitivity but the great thing about mushrooms is there's no, you don't have to worry about them getting a little too psychoactive because there's literally no <laughs> psychoactivity, except for reishi. I heard there's reishi does in high doses has a real calming Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've heard there's no psychoactivity, but I've done some R&D sessions where we were eating a lot of mushroom extract and uh, non-psilocybin, of course, non-amanita, nothing that would traditionally be known as right. uh, psychoactive. And you definitely get a certain type of elevated from from doing that. Not in like a not in like a bad way, but I think that's also why we formulated it the way that we did for, for yours as well is because I feel like a lot of people have much smaller dogs as well. And it's always easier to give more to like a medium or large size dog than it is to give less to a smaller dog. Give less dog. to a little one. Mm-hmm. And well, the, well, they're generally safe, you know, it's like, I think it's always good to, with anything relatively new to kind of err on the side of being like a little bit cautious and in, in entering that. So, Well, we, I think it's better to give, uh, build up, find their dose instead yep. of too much bring exactly. down. Yep, exactly. Which is kind of the opposite thing I did when Nina got cancer, but I knew what I was doing. I knew that my I knew that THC wasn't going to hurt her. I feel like cancer is a whole whole different thing, especially if it's something terminal, because it's um, sort of like a last ditch effort most times. And exactly, I, I push it way hard when when Good. it's a so do I. heavy situation like that. Because we literally have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So I have some questions from our listeners that I was going. I'm going to have to put my glasses on for this so that I can see them. Um, because they are extremely confused, but we've helped them with dosing, uh, which, you know, 350 milligrams or one dropper of our mycodog tinctures is great. Um, and if you're able to figure out what you're getting from your other mushroom source and that if they are pure, and again, I, I couldn't find any, that's why I made my own, <laughs> that weren't in alcohol, you know. Because I would love, I the what did I do first? First, I started giving them your your human stuff, and mm-hmm. I couldn't. They everybody was spitting out the alcohol. Yeah, so this yeah. is where we came. We decided to make the ones for dogs. Let's see. Can we kind of already did this? Can oils uh, help with urinary incontinence in dogs? Which sure it depends what it's being caused from. Um, I'm sorry, I'm reading these yeah, the no first worries. time. For the first time while I have you. So, okay. If mushrooms are not grown in their natural environment, do they have the medicinal properties? Like, okay, so this one's asking, we kind of touched on this. Yeah, we can reiterate. One mushroom grown in the wild or wild crafted or harvested versus one grown on substrate. This person said oatmeal, which I think someone grows, some grow on oat. Yeah. Which I love because if I remember this, they were like touting the benefits of the beta-glucans and the oats. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Right, which is not what you're after. So if it's, you know, the type of product that I'm thinking of when you say that, it's most likely like a myceliated grain. So that is definitely not going to have the same sort of medicinal compounds and complexes that you would from a pure fruit body. Uh, you know, some mushrooms can grow on just grains, but most of the time it's like a combination of grain and wood or compost, whatever sort of medium the mushroom needs to grow. And so, yes, I think if you if you're getting down to brass tacks, 
something grown in the wild is going to have more vitality, is going to be better overall than something that's cultivated. But we have seen that something that is cultivated under the right conditions and the right methods, and when you're getting a pure fruit body, you're getting the pure polysaccharides from the mushrooms. You're not going to get any of the starches or any of the kind of like weird um, sugars that aren't coming from the mushrooms, and you're not going to get anything outside of the mushroom itself. So while there's a potential, and there's just not enough research to say that wild-grown mushrooms are statistically more potent than cultivated mushrooms that's just kind of my intuitive feeling you're still getting the benefits from the mushrooms including the polysaccharides and uh, the secondary metabolites depending on the mushroom you're using awesome i think that i'm probably going to have to have you on something else because i'm out of time again <laughs> oh, no. and i know there's still so many questions but maybe it'll give everyone an opportunity to try these products Myco dogs products the three tinctures and then we can do a follow up and a answer more questions for people. But thank you so much for taking the time to enlighten our audience and tell them about how to pick a product. Tell us, everybody that you know, uh, we can find your human tinctures and your products on feralfungi.com. Yep. And then, of course, the pet products are on mycodog.com. Jason, thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.